She leads, she thrives. The home of inspired conversations, practical and creative wisdom, expansive leadership and business insights, abundant braggadocious moments of celebration, and useful info you can actually do something with. You'll hear about mindset, marketing, money, magnetism, self-awareness and the Thrive Factor framework, its archetypes and more. Amplify your role as a leader, a self-led soul. Tap into your effortless success zone. Turn your ingeniousness and wisdom into profitable income streams. From solo shows to guests you'll definitely want more from, there's something for every ambitious, ingenious soul. I'm Shannon Dunn, a true OG of the business coaching space with an obsession with thriving. You are so welcome here. Let's dive into today's episode. When you have an idea, a dream, a vision, you lean into this and allow it to take form. And when you act on it and bring it to life, this is opening you up to experiencing ideas, dreams, and visions in reality. And when the reality reaches a milestone, it's your invitation to celebrate. And that's exactly where we are. Welcome to She Leads, She Thrives podcast. I'm Shannon Dunn, your host here at the podcast and a long-term business and self-leadership coach, founder of the Thrive Factor Framework, its 12 individual self-leadership archetypes and supporting coaching methodology plus the self-leadership coaching certification using the Thrive Factor Framework, which supports you and your female clients to activate thriving by tapping into your and their unique personal psychology. I'm so pleased you're here listening today. This week is a week that starts an upcoming period of podcast celebration. We are actually at episode 50 today, which is, I feel, another milestone worth acknowledging. And really, I couldn't be happier that we have collectively achieved so much with She Leads, She Thrives in the past 11 months, like we've literally just gone past our 11-month mark. And I do say collectively because this podcast that I share with you the conversations with our guests, the solo episodes, is a combined effort of many. It comes to life because of certainly the vision, the conversations, my podcast manager who takes care of all the editing and formatting, our amazing guests, and you, our listeners. Like all of you who download episodes each time a new one goes live, who listen when you can, who are located in I think we're up to about 34 or 35 different countries across the world. It just blows my mind in the best possible way. So thank you, everyone. You make the choice to host now my third podcast, So Worthwhile. Now, there were so many topics I considered for episode 50. Like I often will share, and it's the truth, otherwise why share it? Uh, I've got so many things that I could share and so many things I wanted to uh bring to life in this podcast that I do sometimes have moments where I am just not in overwhelm, but I'm just like, where do we go? Because there's so many choices. It's a good place to be. I definitely felt some degree of pressure for what we share today to be poignant, to be kind of uber wise, to be profound, all that kind of thing. And then I decided to also let go of that pressure and to just get to the space of sharing something raw and real with you. And I often tell you I've been in business for a long time. You know, I have always been proud of my accomplishments over many years, been grateful for the clients that I've had the opportunity to work with, to teach, to cheer, to coach. Like they have just made 
such a difference to my business experience, my business journey. But here's kind of getting to the heart of reality that I want to share with you today. I don't think anybody listening in, even if you're not even yet in a business, you still get this, I'm sure, because you probably know people that are in business. But if you're a business owner at and a business size at any level, you know that business is done hard. Like there's so much in the online service provider space that touts how easy it is, how easy it can be. And yeah, I truly believe things can be easier than a lot of us believe that they can be and that a lot of us create. We add to making things hard, overcomplicating things. There's mindset influences, beliefs at play, not knowing how, you know, when the how is actually needed, overcommitting, trying to do too many things all at once, or making things in business harder, so much harder. Like I'm all for being optimistic, for being positive. Like if you haven't yet tapped into the episodes where I've talked about the archetypes and you've missed the one I specifically focused on recently with the inspirer believer archetype, then go back and listen and you'll get a sense of just how optimistic the inspirer believer can be. It's one of my four archetypes. So this is a the qualities and the traits of that archetype are innately within me and I can't deny them. So I am a realist or sorry, an optimist for sure. But just understand when you, if you go back and listen to that episode, how much that archetype, if you have that in your profile, and trust me when I say, because I've seen it so many times over so many years now, a majority of women that I know and connect with in business do have this archetype. The Inspire Believer wants things to turn out the best for everyone, like literally everyone that she ever comes into contact with. She looks at the world often through rose-colored glasses. And I tend to refer to myself, yes, as an optimist, but as an optimistic realist and very happy to have the realist as a natural personality trait because it literally keeps things real. You know, it keeps me grounded in reality when my optimistic dreamer gets all excited about all the things. It provides a fabulous balance between those rose-colored glasses views of things and striving forwards, upwards, onwards with belief, optimism, momentum, and keeping myself planted in the here and now in as healthy a way as possible. I do find though, I if you agree with me, I'd love you to reach out and connect on social media and, and let's chat about it. But I, I personally find that in the online service provider space, there is frequently a focus on keeping you know vibrations high, being optimistic all the time, stretching yourself, but always being in forward momentum. And if you dare to not be in that space, there is often might not be obvious, but subtle kind of hidden judgments are cast towards you. And I can see how people can make meaning of things that don't really deserve to be made meaning on. Of So like at this point, let us not sugarcoat anything though. Let's be truthful and honest with ourselves and each other. Let us save ourselves and each other from the myths of overnight success. Like really, who has ever achieved overnight success when you actually find out the truth about someone's story and background prior to their success that they may be sharing or where they've been put in the spotlight and somebody highlighting or uh, their success in some way. And also let us save ourselves and each other from the false promises of things like just lean back and allow and success will overflow to you. Things like the belief that it's always your mindset as the sole reason why you're not where you want to be. You know what? It's not always your mindset. That will have an influence, but that is not the thing to blame every time. 
Let us also save ourselves and each other from the messaging that says it's it's not okay to share the cold, hard truth about your current realities. You know, the confusion that is also important to be real and vulnerable with your audience. I find those two particularly interesting to observe because, you know, we're told like, you know, just keep it real, keep it positive, but keep it real, but keep it positive. You know, it goes over and over again. And yet you're also often told in messaging in your marketing, make sure you are being vulnerable with your audience, letting them in on what's going on for you. Like there's so much mixed messaging around that. So I'm not surprised it's confusion. You know, and I think also something to be mindful of is the thinking everyone else has some secret that you don't because they don't. That's the reality. We also want to be mindful of not getting caught up in, you know, buying into someone telling you that it's because you're not fully committed that you're not making a certain amount of money or working a particular with a particular client or achieving a certain something in your business and also your life. Those are the kinds of things that are very common in the online service provider space in terms of messaging. They certainly come from coaches, from mentors, from other kinds of individuals that are supporting business owners. Not everybody. It's not a everyone has the same messaging, but it's very dominant, certainly from what I see. And I've had many conversations with clients over such a long time about the way they feel when they engage with this kind of thing. And I'm never surprised so many business owners can feel a sense of failure. Like it does not shock me at all. You know, they can be stuck wondering why they're not yet at some possibly unattainable level. Well, kind of not completely unattainable to everyone, but maybe only attainable to a few, a small percentage, and not necessarily for any particular reason. You know, they, they, people that are achieving and that are sharing with you that are achieving at levels that seem wildly outrageous and unattainable to you, they don't necessarily have something that you don't. They aren't necessarily gifted with some magical mystery ingredient or secret that you don't have access to. And they're not necessarily more committed than you are, more intelligent, more wise, more experienced, you know, more resourced. Not at all. It's it's such an interesting thing to kind of work all of this out. Often, I know I feel a range of emotions as I engage with the kind of content frequently shared in this online space by, I like to believe, well-meaning individuals and businesses who do believe some of the very same things that, that can completely unravel so many. We see many examples of this, people that will tell you about their fast track to creating a certain amount of money in their business that just makes no sense to somebody else. Uh, It's such an interesting thing. You know, it's a curious thing to me. I'm very curious, so I'm going to talk a lot about curiosity today. You know, the why and how one person becomes significantly more successful by, you know, I guess the standard societal definition, often we draw our definition of success or a measure of success is monetary, uh, other things as well. But, you know, why someone, one person or a, a few people uh, become somehow significantly more successful than, you know, another or the next person or group of people. From the outside looking in, you could say that they seem to be as talented, as knowledgeable, as wise, as confident, as resourced, and yet one soars and the other struggles. Like, I don't know if this is something that you've reflected on, if you found your place yourself in the place of the struggle and wondering why and how you got there, or if you're the individual who's had moments, many moments, I hope, where you've soared and achieved so much and, and also question that. I think it's an interesting thing about being human that we are innately wired to question things. 
what can go along with that is not necessarily a good outcome. But I believe it can be at this point of reflection that we can open up like the big, often deep and wide well of why, (laughs) yeah? We ask, you know, it's when we ask so many questions, we make judgments, we compare and I've, I know I've talked about this on in the past on the podcast. I'm not going to go into the comparison and judgment in a in big way any further. I'll reference it as we go through. But instead, I want to share something that I love working with that others, uh, sorry, offers me one of the most useful reality checks that I've ever come across. And each client that I've shared this with, it's something I call the lens of curiosity. Those clients have adored it too. And it gets results because of, I believe, its simplicity, its compassion, and because it is so easy to work with and can be applied to anything. It does relate to mindset. It's a like a reality checking for your beliefs. It's around refocusing. And it's also, you know, it's about eliciting action, which I feel is super important and often missed. You know, there's great merit in reflection, in mindset work, in journaling, in trying to work out the why, the how by looking back. But, you know, what are we doing with all we discover? If you're just understanding, that has value. Yeah, it has value. But the value can amplify, it increases, it expands, and the results can change positively when you also take all of the discoveries and turn them into action. Yeah, action is what leads to results just consistently. But before I share this kind of favorite reset, reframe, reassess, re-energize process, I'd like to share a little about my real business reality this year because it's something that I've shared a little bit in social media, but I haven't gone into it in great detail because it hasn't been the right time, if you like, or it hasn't felt appropriate. But got a bit of a story to share with you. So bear with me and we will get to talking about the lens of curiosity and how that supported me through everything I've experienced this year. So 2023 started out for me as a year of great optimism. And this was particularly fueled by all the travel that I finally had planned after years of not being able to move very far in the world. So started the year out with at least five trips in the diary and most of them were booked. They were all confirmed. I knew who I was traveling with if I wasn't traveling solo. Like there was just so much was in place and locked in, if you like. I'm such a lover of travel and always benefit so much from being in new or different places. Kind of a little side note here, randomly, maybe not random at all, but years ago at a retreat in Italy, I had my astrology chart created and love listening to the super generous soul who talked me through my chart. And he shared that I had a particular pattern or I can't even remember the right language. If you're an astrologer, let me know. But anyway, I had a particular pattern in my chart that supported great activity in terms of creativity away from home. And he said something to me like, the important things that you create will be created in different places to where you call home. And, you know, I got it at the time. I already written one book mostly while I was traveling. I was adding to the Thrifactor book manuscript at that time. I was in Italy and had another trip away planned later that same year to finish the book, finish the manuscript. And I often get significant insights and what has ended up being often very financially successful ideas when I'm traveling. 
Yeah, maybe it's a change of pace, change of location, the different daily schedule, the fresh environment, all the inspiration it has to offer. Or perhaps it was, you know, something I was destined for that was in my astrology chart. Anyway, the travel for 2023 for me was super exciting. But this year has not turned out as planned, as dreamed, as hoped. Things haven't flowed. Even back to program launches in the year haven't been what I'm used to experiencing. Clarity has been elusive more than it's been since I, I would say since I started my business, probably since before then. Clients have been different, like there's been shifts and changes in that space as well. And I haven't seen the kinds of ideal people reaching out like I, I've had consistently for years and years. You know, and then, you know, I even slipped on a stair randomly the night before my first business retreat in three and a half years in Bali back in May. The innocent and unexpected slip led to a significant knee injury. And instead of being back in Bali, say at the end of July for an art and yoga retreat that I'd booked in 2019, thinking I was going in 2020, I spent the latter part or the end of July having knee surgery and getting my kind of head around months of rehab, cancel plans, changed work environments, changed income with added unforeseen medical bills. Yeah, it hasn't been fun, but you know, we'll get there. I have had my fair share of being frustrated and occasional kind of huge cry to release the emotional buildup. And, you know, I'll be honest with you, probably a little pity party or two, probably more than that, feeling crappy about things and all of that added pressure and stress physically, emotionally, financially, like it's been a lot. And I've also had grief about this year. I thought this would be, and, you know, the kind of year that it's turned out to be have not been one in the same. But, you know, on the flip of that, thank you, Inspire Believer, because she's the one that's brought this optimistic view of things. I have also felt grateful. Grateful to have access to exceptional medical care in Australia where I live. Grateful for family and friends who've been incredibly supportive. Grateful for time staying with my mum post-operatively because I have stairs at home and live alone or with, with Archie Cat. Uh, and I was in a leg brace and on crutches. So coming home was not an option initially. Grateful for being self-employed and being able to create a work schedule filled with flexibility to allow me to get to medical appointments, take time off for my surgery and recovery. Grateful for the marketing consulting role, uh, you know, a valued contact reach out and ask if I was interested in. You know, it's been a fabulous way to keep money flowing in whilst I needed some brain space from things like launching something new or welcoming new clients in the last few months. And if you are someone who is like trying to be full-time in your business and the money's not flowing, I'm a big fan of doing side gigs, if you like. Not a side hustle. I'm not a big fan of the word hustle. You may have heard me share that before. But you, there's so many ways that you can monetize your expertise and your wisdom and be open to all the ways that that could, you know, things could come to you. I'm also grateful to be who I am and to know myself like I do and to have, you know, the incredible self-awareness, self-understanding and self-compassion, tools like the Thrifactor framework and my archetypes to lean into. And I've also been grateful for the innate part of my personality that I'm going to share more with you in a moment. It's been a big period of reflection. I shared an episode with you, a solo one, a little while back around redefining that I shared a little bit about how things had been different and not how I expected. This is a kind of almost like the behind the scenes about what happened. 
But over some time, I've more deeply connected with this particular part of myself that's been so strong all my life. And it is my innate sense of curiosity. I talk about this a lot with my clients, like the actual sense of curiosity or the having the gift of curiosity. I talk about it with my clients, my one-on-one, my programs, masterminds. It's even shown up in my books and retreat conversations and in podcast episodes in the past. And when I talk about the gift of curiosity, I describe it as a place to connect with deeply held personal wisdom. And I actually refer to this whole process of connecting with curiosity as the lens of curiosity. And with my years shifting and evolving as it has, there's been so many questions to reflect on. And I've personally shared on many occasions my own experience. I said, being in the depths of reflection and contemplation myself this year, I've also, I'm not surprised about this, I've had so many guests on the podcast talk about their own kind of leaning back or changing or shifts or unexpected experiences this year particularly. You know, and this experience had a way back, I said before my knee injury back in May, it just kind of amplified with that experience and all that's happened since. And I found the space of reflection and contemplation and redefining to be an interesting space to be in when my usual tends to be a space of clarity and knowing and like we're just going forward with this. So having an understanding though of the lens of curiosity definitely has changed my relationship with the known. If you perhaps listened to last week's episode where I shared the business insights for the visionary creator archetype, you may remember me saying this is also another of my four Thrifator archetypes like the Inspire Believer. And I talked about the visionary creator's gift of innate knowing and sensing. Having had this attribute my entire life, I really relied on this sense of knowing as confirmation of where I'm at and even more so where I'm going or where I'm headed. I understand the mechanism of life. And when I am distracting myself from this innate knowing, and I also know how to nurture it so the the, the clarity is, uh, is unquestionable. And yet with the events of this year, I've prioritized the space I know is important to nurture the visionary creator as she loves to be nurtured. Like it just hasn't happened like I hoped it would or planned it would. I'm usually so in a space of having an abundant amount of time and energy to nurture the visionary creator. She hasn't got a lot of love this year, not really. Now in the past that, that would have increased my frustration and yet, there's been a sense of peace. It's been such an interesting thing to kind of a a place to find yourself at. And as I mentioned, with the support of the lens of curiosity, my relationship with the known, something that I've always leaned into and relied on, has shifted. And it's shifted for the better. I didn't see this coming, if you like. It's, It's more trusting, more accepting, more peaceful, more patient. Yeah, there have been times the last few months where I've questioned more than I have in a long time. As I said, where I've cried, I felt confused, felt unsure, felt unsafe. But perhaps I have lent into surrendering to what is and being mindful of what I can and cannot control or influence. The significant physical change in my life with my knee injury, surgery, and months of recovery has led to changes for me emotionally and in my mindset, but yet as I said, there's just been this sense of it's all going to be okay. And knowing that there is something else at play here and a trust that le- like kind of learning to be okay with what is, yeah, it's going to serve me and those around me better as I navigate the unknown for sure. Now, 
again, curiously to be on this topic of curiosity, I'm going to talk to you more about in a moment. One of the shadow aspects of this visionary creator archetype that I have is an often challenging relationship with patients. You know, I describe it as a gap between being able to see and sense what's possible, to know it's possible into the future, and yet not having any indication of a timeline. And the reality for myself and visionary creators I've coached is we can feel intensely impatient. It's how I describe it to people. It's like, well, I can see and sense and know something is possible. So why can't it become reality now? And because of the futuristic nature of the visionary creator, that's where the reality now kind of gets a bit confused. So anyway, little, little side note to mention there. But let me share more more with you now about the lens of curiosity and how I use it to support me these past few months particularly and the challenges that they've offered up. Now, I absolutely love the lens of curiosity so much that it's become a significant part of my, I would say, self-care practice. And I use it multiple times a day, really intentionally, but also unconsciously now. And I'd say over the past five or so years, really since I began leaning into and really exploring the lens of curiosity more, I've loved introducing clients to this lens, well, to their lens, you know, their lens of curiosity and to coach them how to use it for all kinds of experiences and situations. And a huge bonus I see is that when we layer in the brilliance of your Thrive Factor archetypes, the depths of wisdom, clarity, acceptance and celebration available to you, you know, by engaging with your lens of curiosity, just expand so much. It's just a, such a fabulous and fascinating thing to support someone to really engage with all of that. For To give you a sense of what the lens of curiosity is, I thought the best way to do that would be to give you an opportunity to work with it. So I'd like you at this moment in time to think about a recent situation you've experienced Something that was challenging for you, though, something maybe unexpected. I want you to reflect on how you responded to what was going on for you. Like, how did you immediately feel? What were you thinking? How did you react or act? And then I'd like you to consider if this kind of response is something that would be usual for you when you're faced with something that's challenging, uh, not what you expected, not what you wanted. Or maybe in this particular situation, your reaction or your response was different in some way. Also think about what your usual default way to respond to things that aren't as you hoped. You know, what is that like? You know, things that aren't taking or are taking longer or feel heavier, feel harder. You know, what's your default way to respond to those kind of things showing up and and being experienced in your life? Whatever it is that you have thought about, having awareness of your usual response patterns is a good place to start when you are beginning to engage with the lens, your lens of curiosity. When you welcome the lens of curiosity, you're in for things being different. No matter your usual responses or your lifelong patterns of reacting to things that occur and elicit a range of emotions and responses. It was an expansive shift for me when I consciously decided to approach my experiences of life and business from this lens. And it has been the same for my clients over and over again. Now, psychologically, 
we are influenced by many factors from our past experiences. And I'm not going to go into them all today. That's another episode on its own. But you'll understand this when I say that we can find ourselves responding to the uncomfortable, the challenging, the unwanted, the painful, the hard, the disappointing, all of those kinds of things from a place of judgment or criticism or comparison, combination of one or all of those, from a place that is also frequently fraught with overwhelm, unwanted emotion or uncomfortable emotion, uncertainty, and many more things. It's a very personal experience for each of us. And business and life these days, you know, can be challenging enough without added contractive default responses like judgment, criticism, and comparison. This being your regular or usual response is not wrong. It's who you are. But it can be super heavy, exhausting, difficult to navigate, particularly when it happens over and over. Now, some of us are wired to go to the places of judgment and or criticism and or comparison. I see it in certain archetypes all the time. Now, all Thrifact archetypes have experiences where they may respond in what I would refer to as contracting ways. But these responses are usually linked to the archetypal potential challenges or shadow for each of the archetypes that you may have. Saying that, it's more amplified and more prominent in archetypes such as the mediator diplomat, the advocate rescuers, the mother nurturers, and pioneer seekers. And this is coming from my 14 or so years of observation of the archetypes through my coaching, my teaching, and my work with clients from many varied backgrounds, ages, you know, lived experience, learned experiences. Those archetypes are more likely to respond in a contracting way. But know this, it's not about trying to remove or, you know, or just get rid of your archetypal traits. The lens of curiosity offers you an opportunity to change your relationship with those traits innate within you. So think back now to the experience that you reflected on earlier when I invited you to consider something that you've been going through, perhaps recently, that wasn't that fabulous. It's safe for you to do so, sorry, if it's safe for you to do so, so as long as you're not driving or doing something else, close your eyes and invite your mind and your heart to take you right back to, to that experience, that situation. Feel into your emotions. You know, what were you feeling at the time? Allow yourself to hear what you were saying, the self-talk at the time. What were you believing? What were you thinking? Know that that time has passed. You're not back in that. You're just experiencing what it was like to be there so that you can apply the lens of curiosity to it and see how you can give it a shift and a change. If you feel comfortable to breathe into it, like let, let whatever feels right or feels ready or appropriate to rise up, let it rise up. You are okay. You're safe. This time has passed. We're just revisiting it to learn a fresh way to respond when situations like this that lead to the responses you experienced arise. Now I invite you to consider the entire situation from a place of curiosity. If you want to open your eyes at this point in time, you can. If you want to take notes, go for it. I'm a big note taker. But inviting yourself to consider the entire situation that you experienced from the place of curiosity is 
a kind of gift that you can give yourself over and over again. Instead of judging what happened and maybe making meaning of it, you could ask yourself a series of questions. Questions that will invite you to reflect, to explore, to consider, to see other options and opportunities, and to remember that you have a choice in every moment. So the following questions are ones that I love to ask myself. It's not that I ask myself all of them, but I tend to lean into at least a couple of them when I am actively and intentionally engaging with a lens of curiosity. So these are the kinds of questions that I would consider asking when you are really working with a lens of curiosity to move forward from something. Questions like, I wonder why I felt like I did. I wonder why I responded like I did. What does this experience or this situation remind me of? How have I always or regularly responded to things that have led to these kinds of beliefs or thoughts or feelings, reactions, actions? How instead would I like to respond? And what if I could respond differently? These questions, the kind born from the lens of curiosity, are so amazing to work with. Like, keep them to hand. And if you choose to try using or working with the lens of curiosity in your life and your business, then you'll be able to get these questions in the transcript for this episode. But even easier, you can access them in the new free resource that I've just created for you, the lens of curiosity. So you'll be able to get it via the link in the show notes. It's a simple PDF download with the basics of the lens of curiosity and these questions I've shared, plus a couple of bonus ones for you to, to, to lean into, to try, to have, have some play and fun with. The lens of curiosity is so simple to use. And I know that people have said to me, it feels too easy. Yeah, but it is easy to engage with but not always easy to remember to use it when you have had a lifetime of responding in a particular kind of way to things that occur for you. It is a practice. It can take time to become your new way to engage with what you're experiencing, what you're thinking, what you're feeling, what you're doing or not doing. But when something arises for you in place of how you would have previously responded, what if instead you got curious about something you experienced or the way you're feeling. Like as I've affirmed, it's a regular human response to frequently, for so many of us, to go to judgment or criticism or comparison and other things. I've seen it in my coaching since day one. Like I saw it as a you know, in my work counseling and as an art therapist. Definitely seen it in coaching a lot. And this kind of response impacts our mindset and flows through the behavior that can lead to all kinds of unwanted and often unnecessary impact. I've also in past episodes and more than once and in my public content and programs shared my thoughts and beliefs on choice. Choice is a key feature of my personal definition of self-leadership. I see and know self-leadership to be the lived experience of the combination of the choices that we each make and the actions we take in response to those choices. And I also believe that in every moment, we each have a choice about how we respond to something. 
we may not have a choice about the situation we find ourselves in. Like I didn't, for example, have a choice about a freak accident that badly injured my knee the night before hosting my first international business retreat three and a half years, but I did in every moment have a choice thereafter how I responded to the reality I was experiencing. And thanks to the lens of curiosity, I reminded myself that I could get angry. I could ignore the self-care I needed to lead my retreat with integrity and leadership and hold space for the incredible women that had joined me. I could have allowed frustration to take over, like frustration is a shadow part of the liberator engineer archetype that I have. Could have got caught in a loop of trying to make sense of it, constantly questioning it, trying to work out why it happened. That wasn't going to serve anyone. Okay, as a kind of side note to this, though, I did find it interesting how many people who found out about my experience in the, at the time and even since then have gone on to a place of offering their insights and shared a variety or a variation of you obviously needed to slow down. You know, I got that immediately when I hurt myself. And also I took it on board and I made it very clear to the universe or whatever or whoever it is that delivered my accident and the resulting injury that I had already made space this year. I had slowed down and was responding and reacting proactively, engaging with life and business differently this year, despite the enthusiasm and excitement I had about travel and everything else that was kind of coming back to life. And then I made it super clear right there when I was back in Bali and since then many times over that this kind of reminder or message was not necessary and I sent some kind of message to, you know, whatever's listening that I reject this level of reminder or messaging moving forward. Okay, let's see how that plays out. Like I didn't need to have an injury like this. Well, maybe I did. I don't know. We never really know what's at play. But I could have responded in so many different ways to what my experience was. And I could have let all the feelings and the pain and reduced mobility take charge, but I didn't. I took a reality check, 100% supported by my adoption of the lens of curiosity. And with that, I was able to remain as calm as possible. I was able to control the pain that I was in. It actually wasn't a great amount of pain. I was able to allow myself to receive support and help from others, which is not always easy for an independent soul like me. Yeah. I was able to make a minor adjustment to the retreat schedule to remove hundreds of steps at a location that I'd no longer be able to access. I was able to trust the alternative would be just as magical and magnificent. And you know what? It was better. It was so much better than what I'd actually had planned. I just didn't know about this new place we went to because I was had such a beautiful experience with the one originally in the schedule. But I reached out to someone who was able to provide an alternate solution, and I trusted that she would take what where we were at as a group on board and come up with something, and she did. You know, I was able to rest in the downtime in our retreat schedule instead of being busy doing things just because I didn't want to miss out. Like, I'm not a big FOMO person, but, you know, I love getting out into, you know, the town in Ubud and exploring and and if the any of the retreat participants want to do that or want my guidance as to where to go or places to share a meal, I love being involved in that, yeah. I was able to hold faith that I could easily navigate being on my own then for the six days after retreat, you know, after retreat wrapped up and make the most of the opportunity to rest before traveling back to Australia. 
And I was able to know that whatever the outcome, once I got home and could see a doctor and get a scan, that I'd be okay. And yes, I was tested many times. I'm not going to deny that. I experienced levels of anxiety that were unfamiliar to me. I'm not naturally a very anxious person and I'm grateful for that. No, but I can attribute the what felt like thousands of stairs all across Ubud in Bali where we were staying, that's created a lot of anxiety. And I had a lot of instability in my knee and it did give way a few times. So I had a worry about falling downstairs, particularly after I'd injured myself on a stair and sustaining a secondary injury, yeah? And yes, I felt frustrated, but I also allowed trust, surrender, peace, and calm to show up in his, you know, in every moment, as I said, we have a choice. So I encourage you to try adopting the lens of curiosity, no matter your past responses, to practice using it, to download the free resource that you, so you have the questions to hand, create your own questions to add to those things that make sense to you. Enjoy the shifts that you'll experience, get playful with it. Like, I think we can all do more fun in business and life. You know, welcome the benefits that you'll find in experience and even allow surprise to show up as you choose the lens of curiosity. Thank you so much for tuning in today, for listening to my story, for listening to me share the lens or introduce you to the lens of curiosity. As I've said many times now, it's something I love and I find so simple and so useful and reach out and let me know how you go with the lens of curiosity, what shifts it brings and how you are now responding to your formerly usual ways of responding to things. Thanks as always for being here, you know, whether it's just for this episode, many or all 50, we wouldn't still be here motivated to, you know, at Team Thrive Factor to keep showing up each week if we didn't know there were thousands of listeners downloading episodes on the regular. It's such a, a great thing. And as I often say, remember, it is your birthright to thrive. I believe that for every one of us, you know, to live, to lead, to experience thriving on your terms, by your definition, and with that, hopefully, easily, effortlessly, joyfully, you know, I'm sending you an abundance of thriving wherever you are in the world. And I'll be back in your ears next week with another phenomenal guest. I know that you'll find our conversation so enriching, enticing, and useful. Uh, she's someone I've known for a while, and this conversation shifted things for me in ways I didn't expect. I knew it was going to be good. I knew what we were going to talk about was going to be really important, but I didn't really realize how much. So I'm so excited to introduce you to her. So wherever you are in the world, have the most incredible week, Superstar. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. You are so valued and appreciated. Aside from this podcast, my favorite place to hang out online is definitely Instagram. So come and join me, Shannon underscore the Thrive Factor. And no, my DMs are always open for genuine questions and connections. For all the latest Thrive Factor goodness, visit thrivefactorco.com forward slash links, where you'll find more about thriving in life and business. Be sure to subscribe and rate the show and share it with your friends. Let's amplify thriving the world over.